and we're on. It is Teacher Talk Tuesday with Mr. Sippy and Ashley. So um, we're on a little bit late. So, and it's a school night. Yes, it is. The children have to go to sleep, and so do we. And it's already 10 o'clock, and we're yeah. already past <laughs> everyone's bedtime. Oh, everyone. We should have been in bed like uh, 9 o'clock. An hour ago. Yeah. I don't know what happened. 8.45. I don't know what happened while we're here at 10. And I'm hungry. And that's why you should be in this. That's why you should be asleep. I want right something now. to eat right now. Mm, you don't have any fruit or nothing. You have some frozen fruit. What we do? Suck on that. Yeah, you can suck on some strawberries. I don't even have any like juice to that's make some, it sweeter. There's some pineapples in the can and in, in the cabinet. If the kids haven't gotten to it, no, they stay there. Oh, okay. All right. So, <laughs> some pineapple juice. so we are running down what we have in our pineapple cabinet, <laughs> which is so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, they say you need to have enough food that you could get through with a month. We could probably get through a week. When, you, when you have children, like growing children, Teenage it's hard. And pre-teens. Yeah. Yeah. Boys at that. Well, girls can well, eat girls too. Can, yeah, we I can, noticed we that. We can eat too. I noticed that a lot of uh, at the school I'm at, a lot of girls eat more stuff than boys. Yeah, do. we can eat, even though it's junk food. Yeah, those little girls they they be eating. Like one girl keeps something in her backpack every day. Every time I get in the in in the car, I'm like, dang, I should keep some snacks in here. Yeah, and I take it they need to keep something on. Yeah, but you know when like you have granola, children, you need to keep some granola bars. You gotta keep candy and stuff that doesn't melt. Yeah, cause you a Snickers bar. You can't just, do that. Mm-mm. No, you can't do stuff like you gotta do like some granola bars or some yeah. or some nature. I used to keep. Nature's the hard the hard cookie nature's bar. I used to keep Reese cups in my drawer in the classroom. Oh, in school in the classroom. All day. Yeah. See yeah. that you keep in your drawer. Yeah. You can keep that in your drawer. And you got to keep it locked because when there's a sub, you don't want people man. digging in your drawer. I remember one time I I uh I was in a teacher's classroom. I think she was out. We had to sub for a class. <laughs> She left her drawer unlocked. The bottom drawer had the good, the good bag. It was around Halloween. Mm. She had the good bag. She had some Reese's, some little sneakers in there. I grabbed about three or four of them things. Like, yeah, bite like, size. But the thing is, she left a note on the desk for the person. Was like, it, "There's candy in the drawer. If you want some, have some." I, I and, and give it to the, some to the students. No, too. it was for the teacher. Oh, okay. Well, the class. But was I didn't get, bag. I'm not giving none to those students. Yeah, I wasn't gonna do that. That was for me. Yeah, so so yeah, that was funny. I like okay. Hello, Mercer Forward. This is Teacher Talk Tuesday. Mm-hmm. This is like you know teachers. So we're we're gonna talk about school shootings, teacher burnout, and whatever comes to mind. So I want to do that whatever first. So you know how they're always saying how schools and stuff are are getting into the parents' business and trying to get the kids to to do things without the parents' knowledge and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, okay. So as a teacher, you know, you don't really, I mean, it's your job to report, like, if there's child abuse and stuff like that. Um, Definitely. I forget. They call that a court reporter or court mandated or something you know yeah. so yeah you you're know required you're, by law to yeah to do that um so i mean that with that part getting into people's business that's different because that's the safety of the student of right. the child right but um today uh okay so you know the ones that i work with they're like between 19 and up like 23 24 they're they're, they're older they could buy us drinks. That's that's how old some of them are. <laughs> and they in the ninth grade. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me about the student who got pregnant or whatnot, 
were teachers going to her house and, you know, helping and doing all this stuff? And did she apply for that? And the social worker would like, okay, like uh, get stuff or the social Mm. worker. Like, I don't know, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get, first of all, the student hasn't come in months and she's well over the age of, of 18. And, um, what? Nothing. I just had a deja vu. Oh my gosh. You were looking crazy right then. I just had a deja vu. So anyway. I've been here before. Yeah, we all have. So then, um, you know, I'm just like, no, um, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm, I feel like the, these schools expect the teachers to do way too much. You know, and like parents, you you guys need to stand up. If you are an adult student, (laughs) then you need to keep people out of your business yourself because they're just going to keep prying and prying and prying and get trying to get in your business and say that they're helping you. You know, like I just I just think like you need to stop. Like some people just completely overstep their boundaries. But some people overstepping their boundaries, they don't know that they're overstepping their boundaries. They're thinking that they're helping out that student. And then when you because, don't do it, they're like, you don't do that. Like you're not doing your job. Yeah. Like, no, I'm yeah. not doing that. Like I, I'm, I'm not. You have to, I mean, at some point, well, I would say at, you would have to have like a relationship with the student. Um, if you if you knew the student and that student communicated with you and stuff like that, you you probably mentoring that student. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, all throughout, and all of a sudden, oh, you're pregnant. Then maybe because you built that relationship with that student, you probably would help out. You know, I would. I w- me personally, I wouldn't go to a student's house. Heck no, but, liability. You know, I I. I'll donate you some Pampers or something like that to get you started. Or yeah, but, or either hook you up with the social workers who yeah. can find grants and vouchers and stuff for right. you. Yeah, you know. And and speaking of which, I was talking about that with uh, some of my students because they're again they're young adults, and so they're like having babies and stuff and. And I said, you guys, you're too young because we've had this discussion before time during the and teacher. Time again, yes. And I'm like, why? Why? You can grow up and the struggle with the kid and all this stuff. Like, no, you don't need to, to do that. Like, that's not what you want to do. That's not what you want to do. I don't know. Like, I think it's like a cultural issue where people, is. you know, they think that they need to have children early. Like, no. Yeah. When you're you are in your twenties and stuff, you know you got to figure out yourself. And that's what I said to the boy. I said, he said, "Why do you think I'm too young?" And I said, "Because you you haven't found yourself yet. Right. If you're still if you're twenty and you're still trying to get a diploma, I mean you haven't figured out yourself yet. And what kind of job are you going to have where you can provide?" healthcare and I, I asked him about that I'm like who's gonna pay the bill like when you have when when your girl has the baby and another student was like I didn't have to pay for anything I'm like who you think pays for that we do somebody pays for something somebody Nothing somebody always carries the cost say it babe Nothing. everything comes with the price you gotta do the, the hands with it everything comes with the price <laughs> That's my rumpus still skin. Yeah. So I mean, you everything. There's no such thing as a free lunch. No. And they just don't get it. And I don't I I will never understand why people, you know, I don't want to say poor, but let's just say working class people, some like have child after child after child, knowing you can't afford the first one. Right. But you continue. Like I don't get if and you. Some of these kids are young. They're young, eighteen and nineteen. Yeah, and if you kids. if you you know like to be active, like there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, you like to do it, so just be protected. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's always a consequence to the action. Always. Always. So at eighteen and nineteen, you shouldn't be having any kids, especially when you haven't grown enough to even know what you are, who you are at that age. 
That's what that that age bracket is for, from eighteen to almost thirty. Right. That's where you're learning you about get yourself. yourself together. You get yourself together. You're going to make some mistakes, true, but you're going to learn from those mistakes. You're going to gain some friends. You're going to lose some friends because during that time frame, you're going to grow. And some of those people that those friends that you're going to lose, they're not trying to grow and they're not trying to change. So sometimes you got to leave them to the wayside and just be associate, associate with them on, on a different level. So 18 to 30, you're growing, you're learning about yourself, you're learning the things you like, learning the things that you don't like, and you're getting to know yourself. Trying to bring a life into the world at 19 or 20 years old, when you barely know yourself, and then you got another mouth to feed, and that just throws your whole trajectory off course. It does. From what you what what you wanted to do. And it makes it even bad, even worse, when you didn't finish what you started at the beginning. So you you really trying to play catch up at that point. But now you got a baby into the world. It just kind of really throws a whole wrench into the whole cycle of things. I have so many friends that had their kids young and now they're burnt out because they never grew up and had that time by themselves because they've yeah. been caring for others, you know, since their kids have been born. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it's rough. It's, yeah. it's really, it's really rough. Now, you know, our parents back in the day, they got married, but that's what they were told to do. That's how they were all raised back then. Right. You know, you got somebody pregnant, you got to make that girl an honorable girl. Yeah. Know? Honorable woman. Yeah, like you, so you, you know, marry them. And so a lot of people are in marriages that, that they really truly they don't want to be in. <laughs> like it was just supposed to be a one night thing yeah you know hey you was there i was there we got busy that was it but i'm pregnant right donald, <laughs> donald. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that's what happened now they got you for 50 years or, or more yeah in the in the back in the day then what do you do You'll be in the closet crying yep. for the next 50 years of your life. Listen to that blues song because you don't want to get a divorce. It's cheaper to keep them. It's cheaper to keep her. Mm-hmm. Cheaper to keep her. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, talk to uh, us about the school shootings, Mississippi. How do you feel about that? Well, first uh, of all, there's a shooting in Buffalo. Yeah, we can't forget about that one. No. Uh, even though... Um, this one just happened. What today? Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm really new to it all. I'm just basing this all what you told me when I came into the room. Which one? Um. The the one today in oh, Texas. Oh. Okay. So I can't even pronounce the name of the city. Well, I don't know the name. Of the city. You uh, you Vlad or something? It was somewhere in Texas. Yeah. So it was like eighteen people. Eighteen children. Eighteen children. Three, three adults. adults. So twenty one in total. All right. Yeah. So. What happened? So I don't. It's it's getting ridiculous with the shootings. And he can't um, be a person of color because they they said a a gun. What do they say? A gunman uh, or something? A shooter? Well, it probably it would have been worse if it was a person of color. Because um, they would have shown his face everywhere. Yeah, it would have been plastered everywhere. Yeah. Um, but to do that to an elementary school to those children is is I mean at any school it shouldn't be done anyway, but it's it's <coughs> bad. And I'm thinking since it's at the big at the uh at the ending of the school year, probably in that in that area, that everybody was probably out. They were probably getting a last minute fun in or whatnot because they probably had like a couple more I hope more it wasn't days. field day. No. Probably had a couple more days left for school because they probably out on Thursday or something like that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really not a lot of stuff going on. So everybody's kind of relaxed, you know, and relaxing everything. So they let their guard down. Um, but I know in Vegas, they the last the last week of school, kids can't bring backpacks to school. You know, and, and that's just a precaution that they take just in case somebody does bring a weapon to school. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be something that they should do throughout the school year. They should also do um, random checks or something. But they've been doing that in Vegas, like, 
for so, years. You know what I'm saying it should be implemented throughout every like, the nationwide. Like that should be something like, I mean, metal detectors or something, um, to where you you're, you're securing your location with these because you got students at this school. Like at my school, I can say for without unequivocal doubt. It's one hundred percent easy if so if a child wanted to bring something to that school. Well, wait, 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 wait. So my thing is the the people they bring in the weapons. It's not like they have them in their backpacks hiding them. They come into the school shooting. Oh. So the metal detectors wouldn't even work at that point. No. You know. So, so I think the police should be in? the. They just they shoot up when they come through. Was, so a lot of times it's not even a student. It's well, I'm it could, it could be a rent sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes a, a former student. But how do you protect yourself when it's just random? How can you protect the school when it's random like that? You have to have school police. You have to have some kind of tactical unit. I mean, so people monitor stuff. A lot of them monitor that stuff. Oh, he makes his round. He, if you, or, the schools only have one person on campus. Or they could do like, um, you know, the parents get a code. And every month the code changes. A code for what? To get into the door. Um, you know, bulletproof doors. But what if what if the, the person that does the violence is already inside the building? For elementary schools, I doubt it. If they have bulletproof doors, windows, and then a code for it, you know, the parents. Alongside metal detectors, too, for the students. For the elementary kids? Yeah. They wouldn't need that. You don't think elementary kids bring guns to school? No. Well, I mean, depending on where you are, but I don't. And, and those. I think, I think I think the issue is that when you hear elementary, you're thinking like first and second grade. But in those neighborhoods, if they do have a gun in their backpack, it's for protection. It's not for shooting up people. So there's a difference versus, you know, a school that's predominantly white. What's the difference? The difference is like a school that has like a high crime rate in the neighborhood. Those students are usually bringing in weapons to protect themselves when they walk home from other violence or whatever happens. Mm -hmm. They normally don't bring it in to, you know, to shoot up the schools. Because what are they going to do if it's predominantly Hispanic or predominantly um, African-American, like, I'm going to shoot all the African-Americans. Well, you're African-American and so is everybody in here, mm-hmm. you know? So normally it's for protection. And if and if a first grader does bring in a gun to, like, show and tell, they usually get caught because they're so young. They, look, look what my daddy has, you know? Like, yeah. they get caught. So, I mean, it's... I kind of I see that. But when you have like a lot of predominantly white schools, that's when you get the more um, violence where the, the people come in and they shoot up the children and stuff in these schools. And yeah. and plus, if a minority person were to, the, were to do that, they would get caught before they even set foot in the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, getting back to this this school shooting yeah. um, in Texas. So I found an article. So the senator of Texas, he is a Democrat. So he is like, you know, going back and forth. Um, you know, he's upset about that. And he's talking about it. Oh, and then there's a senator from Connecticut, Senator Chris Murphy. He also spoke um, because I guess uh, he was formerly a representative from the district that included Sandy Hook. And so he's saying that it should stop the community in Texas will never be the same. Um, And he knows what the community is going through, blah, blah, blah. And so he said that uh, 
Murphy described the U.S. government's failure to act after such instances of gun violence, a quiet message of endorsement. Mm. So um, he's here to beg on the floor to literally get down on his hands and knees to beg his colleagues to find a path forward. But, and he said, he concluded, what are we doing here? Why are we here? What are, what are we doing? So, um, somehow this is like, first of all, these parents are going through it enough because they sent their kids to school and now some of their babies are are gone and never coming back, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, they're hurting right now. And so they're moving in on these people's Emotions. um, emotions because, you know, basically, and I hate to say it, they want to get rid of guns. Yeah. And, you know, Republicans always said they want to take our guns. And I just always laugh like, what? What are they talking about? That's just nonsense. But it's like the more and more you see this, yeah. the more and more that's what it appears to be. Yeah. And... You know, I, I I don't like them using people's emotions, especially parents that have lost children, mm. using them, you know, as pawns to go and advocate. Yeah, we need to take their guns away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But gun violence has been going on forever in a lot of lower economic communities. Yeah. Not just Chicago, but you also have your trailer parks too, and and you know your other your other communities as well. But they've never done anything about that. Yeah. So what makes that so different? Because there's trauma, there's trauma in 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 the minority neighborhoods and in the trailers. There's trauma everywhere. So what makes that so different? You know, they're it. They're not bringing it to school, but they still see it in their neighborhoods. Yeah. And I tell you, these people—they're getting those guns from somewhere. So why Something. don't why don't they stop those people that you know get the little stolen guns that they no longer use in the military and stuff like that? You know, because they're getting those guns from somewhere. Yeah, I think the main thing is that uh, I think more. There needs to be more stricter laws of how to obtain guns. I don't think it needs to be taken away because those are like your your rights. But I think more stricter laws. This needs to be done. There are more stricter laws like for what? a person like how for for a person to get liquor than it is to get a gun. But so when, when you say I'm, strict, what do you mean? Background checks. They do um, that. Uh, to check their mental, like mental health, like health records or something like that to see where they're mentally at, uh, what drugs they might be on or what they have been on, their their past history, criminal background, stuff like that, and all that. I think so. Can I? Can I? Yeah, you can. Can I chime in? So, Uh-oh. like, as far as the background, <laughs> the background checks and the mental health right if anyone was diagnosed with schizophrenia depression anxiety um any of those you know that could endanger them from not getting a gun Mm -hmm. so i mean with that being said i mean what if what if you're experiencing experiencing that due to a job or you know maybe you lost um you know, a parent or a loved one or a best friend or something. Being a nose though, wouldn't it? But but they can still use it to their advantage, mm-hmm. and then it'll go even deeper. Like then, certain people will they'll pick and choose who they want want to give a pass to. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, we have to think about that too. Like, whose hands is it going to be in to decide whether you know you're stable enough to to do that? Like, so what you if think you're eighteen is a good enough age for someone to go buy guns? So, how old should they be then? I don't know. I'm just if asking. if you I'm can join, if you can join the military and shoot a gun there. Why not? But you can't if you buy can liquor. vote, if you can vote, but you can't buy liquor. You can in Mexico. 
We're not in Mexico. We're in the U.S. But if you want to drink, you can go to Mexico. You can also go to Canada, too. But Yeah, it'd be 19 in Canada. But still. But, I mean, and now they're pushing back, I think, smoking in some states to 21. But people drink anyway, right? Anyway, um, it's just... Yeah, it's it's not fair. I mean, the priorities are very mixed up and these laws are, are created this way for a reason. And before we know it, black codes are going to be back. You can't own guns and stuff like that. But only it won't be black codes. They'll be nation codes. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's very tragic. But I just, just like the, the war, you know, playing on people's emotions. But it's just, it's just like, so are we supposed to forget about what happened in, in um, Buffalo when that shooter went to a predominantly black neighborhood store and shot those people? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, we're always saying we need to do something. We need to do something. Why haven't they been saying that about Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> They're not gonna say anything about it. You know, it's it's black on black crime. The only time it's said, only time that someone would say something about it when when another race is affected by it, outside of people of color. So now, since the shootings are happening happening in predominantly white schools, so it's affecting other races now. Mm. So now it's an issue. Yeah, that's the that's the only time it becomes just like during voting times when when minorities get together like you know what we're gonna vote because mm-hmm. you know they show that they have a lot of power it becomes an issue. and now it's an issue yeah, now you have to time. try to restrict that even more yeah. so sometimes you don't see a movement you know i i just don't get it either they want to keep you down <laughs> or or they want to keep you down you know it's it's just ridiculous i i just i don't i don't care for that so now um, let's go to uh, teacher burnout. We talked about the school shootings and whatever came to our mind before, but teacher burnout. So as my cousin does that tongue click thing, I can't do it. Okay, so this is um, about a lady. She said that she was outside supervising a group of students for a mask break. Because I guess people still wear masks in some schools. And so she felt an overwhelming dread. And then her um, anxiety spiked. And her heart started beating like crazy. And her left arm went numb. And she thought, (laughs) I'm having a heart attack. You Mm -hmm. think that's a heart attack? Yeah. So before this poor lady could go to the nurse's office, guess what she had to do? Call the kids in. Find somebody to watch her class. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm having a a, a death moment, kids yeah. follow me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have someone watch the class. But yeah, we're going in. I'm not feeling too well. Yeah, all everybody in this class going to the office, going to the nurse's office. We all be lined up outside by the door. So, um, she went to the doctor and found out that she had a panic attack and, um, she she had a panic attack. So the panic attacks, they can pop up out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And they can, you know, cause I've had them before at a school. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, unlike anxiety, panic attacks can ha- happen out of nowhere, and it's like having a heart attack. Like that's it's very scary. And so, there's um, feelings of intense fear, and your you know your heartbeat is racing. You have chest pains and difficulty breathing. So, um, the, her doctor was like, "You need to do something about this," mm-hmm. you know, and so. Um, a month later, after 14 years in the classroom, she left teaching. Oh, uh, less stress. Yeah. 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 
yeah, teacher burnout is a real thing. It happens. I don't think a lot of teachers that are in the profession recognize what it is. But for us, we recognized it a long time ago, mm-hmm. what teacher burnout was. And for us, teacher burnout usually happened back then towards almost the end of the school year. Yeah. When you're after on, spring break. Kind of after spring break when you don't have any more breaks and everything is going downhill. Yes, it's almost like the last nine weeks of school, but those last nine weeks are going to be hard. It's almost like runner's legs. Like you, <laughs> you're running on your last bit of calories and you don't have any more calories to burn. You're just fighting for life right at that point. So teacher burnout is real. You get frustrated easily. Like a lot of stuff irritates you. It's just that you need that mental break. And I think we were saying this earlier that teacher burnout kind of started for us before it, October. It started in uh, October for me. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think it was the pressures of going back to school and face to face. And also all the meetings that they were requiring for us to attend. Extra ridiculous all duties. The other duties, all the other um, work uh, things that we had to do. And giving teachers a lot of unnecessary busy work for no reason. As if they're trying to make us play catch up because we were out for a year. Like they're virtual. punishing us. Yeah. So teacher burnout is real. Um, I think my coworker said it. Uh, today she just called it um, uh, TB, TBO. So I, I think um, Vegas, um, well, in Las Vegas, they they always acknowledge teacher burnout. Yeah. Even administrators acknowledge teacher burnout. But on yeah. the East Coast, they don't acknowledge teacher burnout. I don't think, like I said, I don't think a lot of people know what it is. You know, but we they know. Not, they just know they're not feeling too well. I'm tired. I don't know the, what's going on. Like, yeah. you know, I feel like you better not come to me and give me more work. I might do it and I might not. Yeah. So um, anyway, getting back to this lady. So she started using CBD oils. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she said she can't tell you how many um teachers use it for their anxiety and you know attacks and everything yeah so um and then she's saying that teaching is a demanding job mm-hmm. and um before the pandemic teaching was stressful and then um after you know the the pandemic it like you just said it, it got even worse And so it said that teaching may now be the most stressful profession, according to some survey. And um, it's more likely to cause symptoms of depression. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's mainly because teaching isn't what it used to be. No, it's not. It's it's totally taken away from what it used to be. And, And teachers are not happy in this profession anymore even when it's not the job that you wanted to be in before Mm -hmm. you could you could somewhat deal with it you know but now it's like all the extra stuff that you have to that goes along with it you can't teach the curriculum you want to teach you can't teach it how you want to teach it you have to teach it the way they want you to teach it and a lot of teachers are just getting burnout trying to teach something a way someone else would want them to teach it. Um, so that burnout is real. It's a real. It's a real thing, and it happens yearly on a, for every teacher that's out there. But it has gotten a whole lot worse, and so especially after after the pandemic, well, after so, the 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 year, the virtual year. Yeah, it's gotten worse. So this teacher. Uh, said that her school climate turned increasingly um, anti-teacher, workloads surged, and parents accused them of indoctrinating students and taking cues from right-wing talking points like, I guess, this critical race theory, which I've never even heard of before. Mm -hmm. And I'm a history teacher. And they said administrators admonished 
teachers to parents without a second thought. Mm-hmm. And so the final straw was when school leaders decided to over- give the grading system an overhaul at the height of the pandemic and denied um, requests for extra planning time. Mm. You know, I mean, it's like you, you want to, you want us to like create things for students, make miracles out of students, especially the ones that get high and come to school unprepared. Yeah. You know, it, you want us to like just try to mold these minds and then take the take all the abuse at the same time. Right. You know, yep. like that's crazy. Yeah. And so um this one lady, she taught middle school in LA for more than eight years, left teaching in January after her maternity leave mm-hmm. and wiped out all of her sick days. And the district told her she couldn't take any more paid time off, even if she or her daughter tested positive for COVID. Wow. And that's... You know how heartless the school district could be. The school districts do not care. They don't care if you lose your, your... family members they don't care if you lose your dog they don't care if if you drive off a cliff oh you know we'll are you we'll okay? send the thoughts yeah we'll so so you drove off a cliff so are you, you dead be, are you or work tomorrow yeah, right <laughs> right you can you can wear a neck brace it's totally fine right you know like we need bodies and chairs they do not care yeah. at all um so this one guy oh no this one girl she um taught for special ed for 12 years mm. and um she told her therapist that her job felt like a prison and both physically and mentally <laughs> and nights after work she would sit alone for hours to try to get into a better headspace wow you know like this is really and i i think there's like a teacher in in vegas one of I think it was in Vegas or somewhere. She took her own life. Mm. You know? It messes with your head. Yes. And a lot of people can't take that that type of stress. Like the the better option is just to leave the profession. And this um this teacher, fifth grade teacher in Redwood City, Bay Area, um, experienced unexpected weight loss and digestive problems. It got so bad she sold her car for cash so she could <laughs> stop. That's how you said it. <laughs> sold, sold her car for cash so she could quit without a new job lined up. Mm. Another teacher had anxiety so bad. Um, she had headaches and stomach problems, racing heartbeats. Could never quite explain why. Like, they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., another one. And anxiety flare-ups. Wait, is that me? No. <laughs> uh, she only um, flare-ups, not only when she couldn't take a day off, but also when she could because it meant other teachers were pulled away from their classes to watch hers. You know, they try to give you that, get, what about the students? Well, what about my health? Yeah. You know, and yeah. and I learned when I was in my first year of teaching, like I was having female issues, you know, heavy female issues. And you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, it was super heavy, but we won't even get into that. Thank okay. you. Figured it All out. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I needed to go to the doctor and the principal was like tripping on me. And I'm like, dude, like I need to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, um, what about your class? What, you know, what, what are they going to do? What about your students? And I and I emailed him back and I said, well, you know, I left things for my students, my my lesson plans. I said, but I am bleeding extremely heavy and I would really like to, you know, figure out or understand like what's wrong with me. And that's why I need to see the doctor. Like I learned like, oh, you you don't want to let me go. You know, that's just a courtesy. Yeah, sometimes those are my days. So. I just got very um, descriptive. Yeah. 
you know, and and, and talked about how heavy my blood flow was and, and, you know, my health issues. Okay. Next email I got was okay. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. That's about right. Right. That we run from that, 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 that topic. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you want to try to give me a hard time. So I'm going to tell you. Yeah. So this, I mean, it. This is there's just story after story after story. Mental health issues, um, continuous anxiety and exhaustion. Uh, Aiden, sorry. You know we're parents as well. You know, but panic attacks. Like, how is it in corporate America? Do you guys have panic attacks and stuff like that? I mean. I'm quite sure they do. They probably with do. with the pressures of the job or when they have presentations, maybe stuff like that. Um, every job, I believe, has, they, they have panic attacks or they yeah, have no stresses. So um, even the person working at McDonald's can have those same burnout issues over time, you know? So every job is going to have that moment when you just, Ah, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. You know, so. Well, guess what, snitches? Time to move on. I'm there. <laughs> and, you know, since I've resigned, like, uh, one, of, one of my coworkers said, you are just glowing ever since you quit. I said, I know, right? <laughs> and so all I'm saying is for you teachers out there, and, and my mom had to tell me this because my both of my parents were teachers my mom said well at that time when i was a first year teacher um you go and you see about yourself because you can't be replaced they can replace you at your job you remember that no but me oh, no, i can't be replaced no. there will never be another ashley but they will replace me at the job with no trouble at all yeah but she can't replace me. They can't make just another as, me. Just as sure as the sun's gonna rise tomorrow, there will be another person to see. Right. The same day. So just know, teachers, you know that. I mean, because this is like, this is terrible. Teachers are not okay. I mean, this is so terrible. I mean, it just goes on and on and on about how, you know, burnout contributes to the mass exodus and teachers are just you know they're just done they're just they're just done and no one mentally tapped out and no one is addressing this this is a horrible issue and it's saying that the work conditions are horrible um some of them work second jobs you know because you don't get paid enough i mean and then like summer school so uh the school district out here doesn't get out until June twenty seventh, somewhere around there, yeah. and so they get like maybe a week off, and then summer school starts July fifth and goes to August fifth, and then you might get like another week off right. before school starts. So, like, if you're hard up for that money because it's not like it's just rolling, because some some administrators will stop your step or. They'll do what they have to do, you know, just to be evil, just so you won't get your your pay raise. Right. And so you got to keep that second job in. I mean, and you never get that mental health break. That's why I don't understand why teachers keep doing it. I need the money, though. But what about your freaking mental health? Why are you teaching summer school? You know, I don't I just don't get that. Yeah, money is not that important, especially when it comes to your health. Your health is the most most important thing that you can have that you can only keep. It's the only thing you can keep is your mental health. If that's gone, nobody's gonna be able to do anything for you. Who's gonna take care of your kids? Who's gonna take care of your home? Who's gonna take care of everything when you're just mentally broken down and can't do anything anymore? And take care of your health. You have to because and and again, this goes out to all teachers. Like you, the job will replace you, but you cannot be replaced, you know? And when I hear people say, oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to come in anyway. You better not. I will make you go home. 
your family can't replace you. You know, you have to live for more than just the job. Because that's just not right. And it's saying here that teachers are experiencing high anxiety, depression, and PTSD. And I know I am. Because when I walk into a school, like, when I get close, I feel it. I feel the the anxiety, the panic, and everything, wow. and it's horrible. And and I know it's it's going to take <laughs> maybe another year or so of counseling just to you know try to get over this right. to help me own this stress and this pain right. because of of what happened to me. You know, mm-hmm. trying to teach, be a good teacher or whatever. Like no, f that. <laughs> mm. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, I'm I'm starting to feel it already. Feel what? Just the anger, uh, you know? So switch topics then. But this is Teacher Talk Tuesday. I know. I mean not like yeah, but so I'm I'm just letting the teachers know. You're not alone, but think about your mental health. Money is not everything. We all need it. Or whatever, but your mental health is much more important. Wealth is what is it? Health is wealth. And if you're not healthy enough to go into work, then what's the use? They don't want you to take your days anyway. And remember, for all you teachers out there, remember they can't stop you from taking your days. When you call in or you email all of your people, your superiors, and letting them know that you're not coming in and you fill out for that sub, you're just giving a courtesy call. You don't even have to do that. You don't have to, you know, try to get these those days off. You could call in and be like, surprise, bitches, I'm not going to be in that week. And then if you go longer, you can take up to three days before you have to do a doctor's note. And then, you know, but let's say you take Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Those are three days. When Monday comes around and you're still off, that's a whole new work week. So they can't ask you for a doctor's note. And if you do give a doctor's note, heck, I'm a doctor. I could write you a note. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If you do give a doctor's note, that they have to accept that. Because, again, it's a courtesy showing you know, what, what you've done, where you've been or whatever. So just, just remember that. Don't let them try to use that stuff, you know, because that's what administrators do. They, they, their unions try to train them on how to pick apart teachers unions. Because when I went through my admin training, that's the only thing they talked about. You know, well, if a teacher says this, then you go and you you tell them that. And then you could always run it by our our attorney. And it's like they're always trying to catch, you know, a teacher in a hard spot. But they wouldn't be anywhere without us. So just know that. Mr. Sippy, would you like to say anything? No, I think you said a lot. <laughs> in, 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 that, in that little rant that you just went off on. The tangent, so you said a lot. I can't add anything to what was perfectly said. And I know people are, a lot of people are against unions and stuff, but teachers need teachers' unions. But what I don't get is how police officers can shoot and kill people, get off on it, or say it wasn't them, and they never do any time. But a teacher gets lied on by a student that's known for giving behavior issues to everybody at the school and abusing other adults. And and that student says, oh, he or she pushed me. Knowing that never happened, that teacher will lose their job. So what the heck is going on, people? I think that we need the police unions to switch over and work with the teachers. Because if you can shoot somebody and get away with it in the back and say that you were afraid and they catch everything on your body cam, but you still still get off. And then 
a student lies on you and says that you pushed them and you were nowhere near them and you lose your job and you get stripped of everything, something's wrong with that. So teachers unions, get it together and hire some of those attorneys Mm because we need protection just like them. (laughs) So anyway, I guess that's another little rant. Yeah. But um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I can be reached at positive ECS at gmail.com. So if you're a teacher or even if you're a parent, you want to rant on what the school district is doing or you know, anything, like email me and I'll say it for you because I'm not afraid. Okay? Like <laughs> I am so not. Um and I'll 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 even speak up for you if you need me to. Um and also four unicorn headbands left. I will talk about that more on Friday. So just remember that. But yeah, email me. You can find me on Instagram. I'm always posting like silly stuff. Um but I can be serious, of course. Um, you know, positive enlightenment, I think. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. So, yeah, get at me. <laughs> so, where can they find you, Sip? On Instagram at Mississippi seven seven zero two. Yeah, he's he's a he's a bit tired right now. His little eyes can barely stay open. So I get up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway, party people, stay strong and remember, this is the final show. Excuse me, not a rehearsal. It's probably you know the other way around, but I'm feeling quite fatigued myself. So we will see you next time. Until then. Peace out. You want to say something? Bye. (laughs) All right, guys. Bye. I'm pressing in. Okay, there we go. Bye.